You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Welcome back to the Horizons Church Podcast. Guess who's with me again? By popular demand, <laughs> good golly, it's Justin Seibert. Our friend Justin Seibert. I can call you my friend now, yeah, right? I don't friends. know. I mean, we're that's, you know. That's... We need to hang out more and, you know, maybe you, like, buy me dinner. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah we're friends. We're friends. <laughs> no, for sure. That's how you know the friendship is official. Right. When someone, someone buys someone, you food. Someone buys you food. <laughs> that's how you know it's for real. So, right. I think the last time we did this, you bought me food. Well, yeah, and so, and I can't, I'm on this, like, diet now, so, yeah. Yeah, so actually, just real quick mm-hmm. for, not fun, that's not a good word to use, but uh, <laughs> just for the sake of our, our listeners, you had a bit of a, a medical episode. Yeah. You were supposed to record a couple weeks ago. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, something came up. Yeah, so you... basically w- almost worked myself to death. Like, you know, a horse running can run itself to a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> so I almost did that. Too many Red Bulls, too many cigarettes, too many Twizzlers. Um, <laughs> On empty stomach and like not eating well and sleeping four hours a day. Long story short, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone listening, ditch the Red Bull, ditch the candy. And uh, you know, I had gastritis and, and yeah. some other GI issues. But I'm back, 35 pounds lighter, <laughs> and I, I'm alive. It's, which it's is not good. the kind of weight loss program that you no. want to participate <laughs> in. So yeah. So but thank you for asking. Yeah. So we wanted to have Justin back on because we had such an awesome and fruitful discussion on apologetics mm-hmm. last time we were together. One of the more natural segues that comes out of that is to discuss the foundations of what C.S. Lewis called right. mere Christianity. Mm -hmm. So you're not thinking necessarily so much outside the church. Apologetics is aimed primarily, you're trying to engage with Mm non-believers, trying to defend the faith in a reasonable manner. When you're talking about things like orthodoxy and mere Christianity, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk a little bit about the creeds, (laughs) you're talking about the things that unite Christians together and what bring them together and Mm -hmm. the things that we agree on and rally around. So all that to say, when it comes to theology and worldview— not everyone is going to agree with you. <laughs> Big surprise. But I think it's very interesting that today in particular, it seems that a large, perhaps even the majority of our population yeah, humans has general. lost the ability <laughs> to disagree reasonably and well. So it's no longer a, well, okay, here are our worldviews and here's why we hold to them and let's discuss this, debate mm-hmm. it, talk it out, figure sure. it out, work through it. It's not that anymore. It is vicious attacks is what a lot of it is. Well, um, yeah, it's just horrendous, and there's no reasonableness to it. There's no conversation. There's no dialogue. It is mm-hmm. it's straw men to the max. It's just crazy. So we see that both inside and outside the church. Right. It's not just atheists yeah, looking at Christians a, right. and saying you're stupid, and mm-hmm. us saying, well, that's wrong. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. We're actually very reasonable and logical people. It's not just that because mm-hmm. that would be one thing that you could almost expect. Right. at this point. But we also see this happening within the church, that Christians, one another, are not disagreeing with one another mm-hmm. well or reasonably and... Or in love. Yeah, yeah. or in love. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, first off, why do you think it's important that we be able to disagree reasonably and well? So like, why is it we should not be crafting straw men and just attacking right. one another and not dialoguing and disagreeing right. well with one another? Well, the first, and this is the hardest one, The first reason is because God said to, Mm. and you're sinning if you don't. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. We call it false witness within Christianity, and it is something that, I don't know about you, but personally, it's like that intellectual dishonesty. It's that false witness, that straw man caricature 
yeah. that people do to anyone, whether it be atheists, agnostics, Hindus, Buddhists. Like, it's sin, and it's wrong, right. and God told you not to do it. So that's the first reason. Yeah. The second reason why, because nothing good is going to come from it. Right. That's a very practical reason. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Nothing good will come from it. And the third, and that could probably be tied into the first, is you are bearing really bad witness for Christianity. Yeah. If you're a Christian, and mm-hmm. you know most of your listeners are Christian, right? Yeah. You being dishonest, people can catch that. Yeah. That's not like, oh, you know, they don't know. I'm just ignoring that one detail and cutting the facts in half, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've seen that meme where it's like, oh, I'm the facts. You have to take all of me. But they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's so we, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. If we are for the truth and the truth being coming to a point in Christ, that's our heritage, the truth. Yeah, so those are the three big reasons, I would say. Yeah. Even what you were saying there right at the beginning brought me in mind of when Jesus said, treat others as you wish to be treated. Mm. And that's not just looking at people nice. And I mean, yeah. I, that's that comes down to the way that you discuss your ideas and beliefs and worldview, too. You know, like, I don't want somebody trashing me and just throwing, you know, the facts right. or the accurate yeah. representation of my position off to the wayside and mm-hmm. saying whatever they want and saying that's, you know, God's truth. Right. So I don't want to treat them like that because I don't want to be treated like that. Right. You, you never want to use your opponent's dishonest tactics against them. Right. <laughs> Everyone knows this one. Don't fight fire with fire. Yeah. Of course you don't, unless it's like a forest fire. Yeah, I was going to say, they, and then you end up getting into the weird literally techniques. do with, that. But, yes. But, um, <laughs> there the metaphor breaks right. down, but you know, other than that. Right. But, <laughs> but don't, don't use their dishonest techniques because that's not what Christianity is about. We're right. about honesty, truth, kindness. And if you truly do love someone, you will be truthful to them. And that might hurt. Yeah. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to come to that point where you're like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. And here's why. Mm-hmm. I love you, but you're wrong. And that's different than you saying, well, you know, atheists, you know, sacrifice children. Well, come on. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not true. Yeah, it's not. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure an atheist has, but like, yeah. you know, but not all atheists do that. It's not like a tenet of atheism, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, not one of their pillars of truth right. that they ascribe by. <laughs> right. So I think that's why it's important. We should be able to disagree reasonably and within reason, mm-hmm. because if we're not honest in our argumentation, when else can we be? Yeah. Honestly, that's the question I I would pose to anyone. Yeah. So that being said, we know that we're going to have disagreements, not just with people who have contrary worldviews to us. Absolutely. Not not just Christians to Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, Mm -hmm. atheists, agnostics, but we are also going to have disagreements within Christianity itself. I mean, we have whole denominations, church Mm -hmm. networks, uh, and then within those denominations, disagreements. Yeah, disagreements within (laughs) there. I mean, I'm thinking of, um, you know, I have a couple friends that are members of the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention. Oh, yeah. And within the SBC, you have people that are on one side of this issue or one Mm -hmm. side of that issue. So, you Mm -hmm. know, disagreements are going to happen. That's inevitable. You cannot get through life without someone saying that they disagree with you on something. Now, I say that realizing that maybe some of us, go out of our way to antagonize unnecessarily, like we were talking about right before we started recording. There's no need to go antagonize people and try to start a debate on the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside right now. Like, don't worry about defending that song. Like, yeah. it's not even a good song. Like, right. don't even... Horrible like, argument. There's like, no reason to go out and antagonize anyone over that. You, you know don't have I mean? energy for that. You need to go do work. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's not a good song before it even got it. Right. It's not a good song. Right. Which, if you disagree with us on that, you can well. send that email to uh, Steve Felder at Harris. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, some of us want to 
antagonize unnecessarily. Sure. Some of us, and I probably lean more in the direction of, I don't want to go out of my way mm-hmm. to disagree with people. Yeah. And that in itself can sometimes lead to issues, issues all of its own, right? Yeah. So understanding that, how do we strike a healthy balance between disagreeing with people, not going out of our way to do it, but not stepping back when something comes to the front where we're like, oh right. yeah, we probably need to- We need to talk about d- this. Discuss this and talk mm-hmm. about this. And then how does that inform our interactions with those who do indeed disagree with us? Okay, so this is the way I would put it. You only antagonize necessarily. There you go, yeah. Okay. Strategy, yeah. <laughs> only antagonize necessarily, because there's a, there's points where you must antagonize. Yes. Where you have to call in inconsistencies in an argument or right. when you're talking to someone. And it doesn't have to be like antagonization isn't like, you know, well, I told you so. Yes. No, <laughs> it, it could be something as simple as like, well, pump the brakes, bro. Didn't you just say this? Yeah. And that's antagonization, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's just what yeah. it is. So do it necessarily. Yeah. And we're going to get into how you gauge what's necessary and what's not. And don't be afraid to disagree with someone, but only make it a point to disagree with them on something that must be disagreed on. Mm-hmm. I said that way too many words, I think. But <laughs> <That's good. laughs> disagree when it matters and antagonize when it matters. Yeah. That's the healthy balance. Mm-hmm. I think that is definitely something that is lost on. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole, what we were just joking around about, the whole baby, it's cold outside. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, not important. Yeah, who cares? Not even remotely. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's an old song, yeah. not even a good old song. Right. You know, we're not talking about, like, Frank Sinatra's greatest hits or something right. like that. Right, And it's just crazy, the outrage culture. that The we energy. The energy in, that people that, put into that. Yeah. I'm like, guys, there are hungry people in your cities. Yeah. <laughs> there are homeless people in your cities. There are charities you can work out. There are soup kitchens you can work out. Find outrage in that as opposed to, again, I'm not saying, well, you can't be mad about something yeah. small. No, if you you don't like the song Baby It's Cold Outside. This is a good example, actually. And yep. we're probably going to use it for the rest of the podcast. Yes, I was going to say, here's the running motif of this. <laughs> right. Baby It's Cold Outside. If you're angry about it, great. But like we just said, there's so many other problems. That's not even low-hanging fruit. That's just fruit that's about to fall off the vine. Just <laughs> let it do it. Yeah. Walk away, and in two months, everyone's going to forget about it. Yep. That's hard. That is super hard. It is. It Gosh, is. it's super hard. Yeah. <laughs> but don't elevate your scruples to sin, because when mm. you do that, you this is how it happens. The logical progression, you will make sin scruple. Yeah. Mm. And then that's bad. That's good. That's a good that's a good little phrase. You oh, gotta thanks, like you man. gotta patent that, trademark that. RC Sproul. But that, how, RC Sproul of I stand course. on the shoulders of giants. Man. <laughs> I'm no one special. I was gonna say, man, that's good. Yeah. RC Sproul. So we were alluding to this earlier. It's one thing to have a disagreement with people who have another worldview from yeah. you. Yeah. But within Christianity, how do we determine the mereness, to go back to that C.S. Lewis phrase? Because yeah. I think that becomes very important. We, well, okay, so, I mean, I came out of a Bible college. Sure. That went to Liberty University, mm-hmm. got my undergraduate in pastoral and church ministry. Yep. And the things that you were destined to get into, not just friendly, civil debates about. <sighs> I mean, we were up in the dorm room until three in the morning yep. yelling at each other. Over things that I'm not even actually going to repeat on this podcast. I mean, they are inappropriate and stupid. Dirty dispensationalist. (laughs) (laughs) You're just a you're just a pope. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I can only imagine. You dirty frog. I mean, it was it was stupid. And I look back at those, and you know, I can laugh about it now. I talk to those guys, and we're like, there were things about that that were formative, and yeah, and a lot of testosterone. But I look back at that thing. If I were to act like that now. I would kick myself in the tail because that yeah. was so stupid oh, yeah. because we were fired up about things that really, truly in the grand scheme of things right. don't matter. Not essential to yeah. the faith. Not essential to the faith. Right. It's like that Augustinian phrase, you know, mm-hmm. essentials, unity, mm-hmm. and the non-essentials, charity, and all things, love. Right. Stole my quote. Ah, yeah. yeah. No anticipated. We're on the Augustinian train here, buddy. <laughs> So that being said, though, there are things within Christianity 
pretty important things. Like, for example, one thing that has been in a lot of discussion recently is the deity of Christ, believe Huge it or not. Deal. I mean, that is like, right. who, why, We're how are here. we, how could, how could that be a topic of debate? But people are losing their minds about it right and now. And I'll segue into that's how you know yep. an issue is necessary to the faith. Mm-hmm. Basically, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a logistician, trained in formal logic. That's how I think. That's how I always formulated it was, does this belief, is it the foundational belief of Christianity? Yeah. If I take it out, will it kill everything else? Yeah. If that answer is, well, yeah, then you don't touch it there. Yeah. So you build walls. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to say, don't do that instead of what to do. Yeah. And that's what you need to do. You build walls on either side of you. Like, well, for example, the deity of Christ is a really good one. Well, I can't say that Christ isn't God. It's very clear that he is. And if he's not, then Christianity is a farce. We're done. <laughs> we're done here because yeah. he rose from the dead. And how did he do that? Yeah. And why did he do that? Yeah. And you get in all these, you know, atonement questions. And yes. So I would say that's what the questions you need to ask you. Is it foundational to the faith? And thankfully, there's a bunch of dudes that did work for us on this. We yes. don't have to repeat work, which mm-hmm. is great. I love that. <laughs> that's the heritage that we have in Christianity. And I wanted to say a term before I freak anyone out. The church Catholic or the yes. Catholic church. Little C. Yeah, little C. <laughs> okay. Roman Catholicism is a rite of Catholicism. It's a yep. specific type of Catholicism. Catholicism, the word means general yeah. or you know, church, yeah, universal, mm-hmm. the yep. church Catholic. Yeah. And that's our history, guys. So mm-hmm. everything we're talking about here today, if, if you're wondering, like, you know, wasn't Augustine a Catholic? No, not in the Roman Catholic sense. Right. Precisely. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant theologian, by the way. Right. Stand to- <laughs> yeah, sorry. But, you know, it's, it's stuff that we're going to go through today that I don't want you to be scared of church history just because it has the word Catholic in it. Right. And we're Protestants here. Yeah. Okay. Like, I get it. You want to stay away from that, but don't be afraid. Don't throw the baby out the bathwater. Truly. Because you'll have to correct me in the wrong. The direction. Yeah. Hey, this is we're getting to the creeds Yo, and yeah. the Catholic confessions Absolutely. of the faith that have united the church on what is essential to our faith. Right. By the way, not as something that these guys just made up. No. It is a succinct summary of what scripture teaches. Yeah. It goes back to scripture. Like these guys were not here on their They're own. They're subordinate. Yeah. Right. And, and, and everyone who's made a creed or a confession, like, and usually it's not a single person, it's hundreds and hundreds of people who are skilled theologians that are philosophers and such. They get together and the first line, generally like the Westminster Confession, 1689 Baptist, you know, London Baptist, it's always like, by the way, bros. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> this entire confession yeah. is subordinate to scripture and wherein if anything conflicts with scripture, it's obviously wrong. Yeah. It's like a disclaimer almost, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I would say, not to steal any more thunder here, but uh, Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed. Yes. Someone told me recently you guys did that for Christmas, right? Yeah, we did. That's awesome. Which is super cool. Yeah. I secretly want to do it every Every, week. I want to do it. I love it. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just a good reminder. So for anyone who's against that or is like, why would I do that? Well, dude, think of like the 17-year-old that knows the basics and is just going to root those basics every Sunday in their brain. Yeah. I know what I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe in the virgin birth. I yep. believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in God the Father. I believe that Jesus was prosecuted under Pontius Pilate, that he died on the cross and rose again in three days. You think that's basic stuff. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Ask people, <laughs> hey, what is the gospel? And you'll find mm. out real quick. It's a tragic kind of a thing. It is. And those creeds and confessions really bring us around what is essential to that, right? Right. And I think that's the unity. Yeah. There it is. Not in the necessary of the creed itself, like the formulations within the creed. Just everything in the creeds, the Apostle Creed, Nicene Creeds, are foundational. Without them, Christianity is dead. That's yeah. why Eastern Orthodoxy accepts it. That's why Oriental Orthodoxy accepts them. That's why the Roman Catholic Church accepts them. That's 
That's why most Protestant denominations accept them, et cetera, et cetera. We, we can go all day. Yeah. Everyone agrees on these. Now, the minute you like, well, you know, he descended into hell. Yeah. And they're like, well, what went down over there? Well, there's the disagreement. Congratulations, Presbyterians and Baptists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, let's change that word to the grave. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to get in the same country, in the same country. Yeah. is those creeds. Yeah. That's what it is. Precisely. And I don't know where this crept in, and I'm about to get a little autobiographical. Okay. So, I'll try um, to answer. You know, <laughs> but when you talk about liturgy, that's a word right. that I think in the Western evangelical mind in particular kind of freaks us out because we've come to associate that somehow with dead Faith. Dead, dead faith, faith. Dead religion, mm-hmm. works, Pharisees. salvation, Pharisees, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. And now, of course, my father and John Piper, mm-hmm. <laughs> once wisely quipped, I think it was my father stealing from John Piper. He's like, sure, everyone has sure. a liturgy. Like, you have it. Absolutely. You don't need to be freaked out about that. You have a liturgy. Yeah. You have an order of service. It's the work of the people. Absolutely. The question is, is what are you doing with it? And, and why? are you doing it? And why are you doing mm-hmm. it? Because that has an effect on you. And all of that to say... I think the creeds and mm-hmm. the confessions get lumped in with that. Yeah. So we kind of stay away from that right. with, you know, a 39 and a half foot pole. Absolutely. And, say, you know, and the other thing you mentioned was Catholic. You know, we see the word little C Catholic yeah. with it and we're like, whoa, wait, we're not demon. Roman Catholic. Yeah, yeah, get out of here, you pesky little <laughs> devil. Yeah. And I want to say it to encourage you that that is the opposite of dead mm-hmm. religion. If you went through and read, like we'll say as a church, we read through the Apostles' Creed. Well, the Nicene Creed is just slightly longer. Slightly, yeah. It gets into a little more detail with the Holy Spirit and things mm-hmm. like that. It's very rich. If you read, to add another one to your list that I'm sure you're familiar with, but the Athanasian Creed. Yeah, I wasn't going to drop that today. I say, ah, oh, you know, well, we got it. We're, we're here. We're talking about it anyway. But I mean, the way he articulated Christology, the, the, the deity of Christ, yeah. which is what is under so much scrutiny right now in so many circles. If you know the Athanasian Creed, that's not going to, I guess you can do anything and it'd be a dead religion. But if you come to that with an open heart and- right prayer sure. and ask God to, you know, illuminate the truth for you and see how this lines up with scripture. Oh my gosh. It's so it's, enriching your life. Again, it's our heritage. It's our history. It's Protestants. Don't let any Roman Catholic, this is what most of them do. They, they tell you, and I, and I love my Roman Catholic brothers, but yeah. they tell like, well, no, they, he was Catholic. You should just be a Roman Catholic. And be like, you're wrong. <laughs> you can tell them that they're wrong and um, you can tell them to come talk to me. Uh, <laughs> Send uh, it to Justin Seibert. Right. Yeah. I, I put my email at the end of the podcast. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think the creeds are only dead if you put your faith and rest in the creeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't rest in Christ, there are plenty of people who don't rest in the creeds because they refuse to say them, right? You know, Western yep. evangelicalism. But there are plenty of people who rest in the church instead of the creeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rest in Christ. Yeah. That's Christianity. Yeah. That's your Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Yeah. Breathe it, eat it. Find the peace that nothing else on this earth is going to give you. So if that is your worry, then you're worrying about yourself. Yeah. You're worrying about your sinful nature. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. ought to. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of push that in there. It's like, don't be afraid of dead faith. Dead faith didn't come from a thing. Dead faith come from within. Yeah. From our sinful natures. And the only cure for our sinful natures is Jesus Christ. Yep. Precisely. Praise be to God. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Sorry. So no, there. That's all good. That's all good. Yeah. That's what we're all about here. <laughs> so. All that being said, we see the mereness, mm-hmm. and stealing sure. that, Lewis, I love just us steal that term. All Absolutely. Right? Mereness of Christianity, you see that in the creeds and some mm-hmm. of the confessions. Here's where maybe the rubber meets the road on this discussion. When it does come to those things that, okay, let's say it's not the deity of Christ we're discussing. Yeah. Um, baptism. Yeah, baptism. It's, it's a, a great, one. great yep. example. Sure is. 
A lot of, of disagreements. We'll that. Yeah, mode of baptism. Because all Christians, Orthodox Christians, yep. agree baptism is a sacrament. It is mm-hmm. one of the ordinance. It's a. Mm-hmm. It is a part of the church's worship. Yeah, got to be done. Yeah, you need to be baptized yeah. if you profess faith in Jesus. Yep. There are disagreements about that amongst Christians. So, Absolutely. like you say, Baptist and Presbyterian. Right here, right, right now. Yeah. So right here. <laughs> so okay, I belong to a body of faith, and I am convinced of credo baptism. All right, fancy theological term. All it means is I believe baptism is for the repenting, confessing believer. Mm-hmm. Justin, you, you, I, would you describe? Uh, I'm a Baptist, Presbyterian. Is I'm, a, that I'm like as Presbyterian high church as it can get. There you go. All right, yeah. yeah. So he, he want, he's sprinkling babies in the corner. Every one of my right? children. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So when it comes to let's say a disagreement like that, or yeah. another example that comes up so often mm-hmm. or across Christianity, it's it's almost to that point where it's like that annoying thing that yeah. rubs up against can your arm and you're like, oh, can we stop? But like the debate between Calvinistic soteriology and, Calvinistic yeah, Armenian. and Armenian mm-hmm. or non-Calvinist, yeah. how do we handle those disagreements? Because they're not, they're I would small. not say they're not essential, right? Right. Like the difference between credo-baptism and pedo-baptism is not going to send either one of us to hell no, or no, 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 damn no. us right, right. or put our salvation in jeopardy, but it's not mm-hmm. unimportant. Right. It's so, not foundational. It's not something that will lead you to heresy, that's never good. And we right. have to be careful. Heresy is not blasphemy. Yeah. Blasphemy happens all the time, according to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but that's not heresy. And we've just got to be super careful, especially interchurch. So now we're outer church, you're, dis- you're going to disagree and you're supposed to love your enemies, so love them. I'm going to end it there. Yeah. But let's talk about inner church now, mm-hmm. about these disagreements. Baptism is a good one. Yep. In my church, mm-hmm. there are credo and pedo baptists. Oh, that's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a cool. reformed communion. So okay, three yeah. forms of unity. And uh, if you guys don't know what that is, just look up the Dutch reformers. But we have people who are credo baptists in yep. my church and people who are pedo, myself, yep. it's a majority pedo baptist because it's generally a Presbyterian church, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah. There's grace there. Yeah. There's charity there, as Augustine mm-hmm. would say. Yeah. I think people take things too personally. And if you're taking it personally, listen to this, pay attention. <laughs> if you're taking it personally, it's not about God. It's about you. Mm-hmm. Chill out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now Chill you can get righteously angry for someone on the street corner saying they're a Christian and denying the deity of Christ. Yeah. Do it. Don't punch him in the face. <laughs> like Saint. Don't Nick. go Saint right. Nick right. on a man. Right. What a wild story. Yeah. He, he, it turns out, guys, if you didn't know, historically speaking, you know, he went on penance for like three years after that. Yeah, I don't know. He was yeah. doing some crazy stuff yeah, for what he happened after horrible, that. Yeah. Horrible. And you know, we don't want to talk about all that, but don't punch someone in the face, but rebuke them. That's your job. Yeah. Yeah, that's what James says. Is right. If you save someone, a brother or sister from mm-hmm. sin, you've snatched them from Yeah, absolutely, uh, man. That's and, good. Uh, yeah. That's good stuff. So good. the intramural debates are, one, healthy. We need to remember that. Debate yep. is healthy as long as you do it healthily. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, You're not out here trying to rip each other to shreds. Are you destroying the idea or are you destroying the person? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I actually go one further and I've learned this in my studies and various mistakes. Um, (laughs) um, Because you got to make a lot of mistakes along the way. Sure. Absolutely. And and it's a natural side effect of you searching for truth. You're going to muck it up. But the, what I would say about destroying ideas, and this is something I've learned, is you're not trying to even destroy the idea. Yeah. You're trying to expose it. Mm-hmm. We just keep on going with this baptism thing. I believe in credo baptism as well. So, like, you know, if someone professes and believes, baptize them now. Yeah. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now go out, and, and hopefully you have someone over and disciple them. But, you know, for someone like me, I'm not trying to destroy credo baptism. I'm not trying to destroy their view that, well, we shouldn't baptize babies. I want to find out why you're wrong. I'm offended, Justin. Yeah, I, right. 
<laughs> but we need to understand yeah. that we we have to learn. You know, let's talk about C.S. Lewis. Yeah. He said, get in the hallway. And I said, country, right? So get in the hallway <laughs> is what he said. And then there's a bunch of different doors. As long as you're in the hallway of Christianity, the mereness of Christianity, the basics, the foundational beliefs that make Christianity what it is. Yeah. If you take one out, you make it illogical. You make yeah. it irrational. It doesn't make sense. Get in that hallway. Don't stay in the hallway. Find a door. Yeah. But the people in the different rooms and the different apartments, while they have different views on certain things, they're all in the same hallway. Yeah. So... It's okay if I think my neighbor's wrong because I would say something innocuous here like, wow, I don't like the way he plays rap music, you know, <laughs> but we're all in the same hallway. We're all on the same team. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's fine. It's not a big deal. And it's not something that you need to constantly bicker about. But if you want to have an edifying disagreement debate with someone, mm -hmm. do it, but do it in love, kindness, and charity. Yeah. Because if they're wrong, which say, which say you're wrong. Yes. Okay. Happens all the time. Yeah. So let's just say, let's just say, I'm right for once, which I'm sure is not very often. Um, and you're you're wrong in this occasion. And I'm like, no, it's a covenantal sign. They should get it as a baby if they're a child of a believer. Yep. That's basically the right. the yeah, entire the justification for paedo baptism. Just so you know, from the yep. Protestant point of view, let's just say I'm right and you're wrong. I want to help you. Mm -hmm. That's love. Yeah. I want to show you why I'm right. Yeah. Because if they're wrong, we should be praying for them, not berating them and arguing with them and refusing to worship with them. No, go worship. If they're the basics, they got it. Worship with them, read the Bible with them, commune with them. Great. Have the supper with them. I think yep. that's something we've lost. Yeah. It's just an American culture in, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I and mean, especially if you think about the luxuries that we've been afforded, which I'm not even necessarily bashing. I mean, I, I have been good stuff. Yeah. extremely encouraged and helped by discussions I've had with folks who definitely hold contrary theological positions. Mm -hmm. Church ecclesiological positions. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be like a shifting sand that just, you know, whatever someone says, like, oh, I'm going with that. I'm going with that. Right. I'm going with that. But I have been changed by some of the discussions I've had. Absolutely. I've been super helped by that. And we have that luxury to do that. And you think even about like the church in China right now enduring terrible persecution. Right. And you don't have that choice. Like, no. if you agree on the fundamentals, like, you're just surviving together right. at that point. Well, you know? And that's, like, that's something that's a good example. Yeah. You know, look at the church in China. They don't have like these verbose theological statements yet. Um, some, some of them do, but as a, as a whole, they don't. Yep. And they're just, they're banding together on that, the basics, the gospel. The gospel and how you define it yep. is what Christianity is. That's what makes someone's Christian. There can be someone who I would say if someone denies the Trinity, I'm like, okay, you're slipping out of orthodoxy. Yeah, You need quick. to be careful. <laughs> you need to be careful. But someone who's new to the gospel, and they're like, ah, you know, they, they don't think of the Trinity. What, because they don't think of the Trinity when they believe the gospel, they're not saved? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <You're> dumb. <laughs> In love. But you're yes. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, but you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we need to teach people. One, don't bash the people that are in the hallway, yeah. but don't let them stay there. That's very important. That's more of a church, pro you know, like pastors ought to make sure people don't stay there. Yeah. You can't stay in the hallway. C.S. Lewis said that. <laughs> you can't replace the denomination with mereness. Yeah. Okay. The denominations are necessary. Yeah. C.S. Lewis was an Anglican. Yeah. You know, I'm closer to an Anglican than yeah. anyone in this room. Yeah. 39 and, articles are great. Right. They're amazing. <laughs> right. But he didn't feel called to work on that. He just called on getting people into the hallway yeah. and then he would trust the Holy Spirit to take them to the door 
that they wanted to go. Yeah, which is actually funny you even mentioned that because his friend J.R.R. Tolkien mm-hmm. was a Roman Catholic. Yeah. And he was, if I'm remembering the story, he was disappointed that yeah. uh, Lewis chose to become an Anglican Absolutely. rather than a Roman Catholic. So yeah. that's a funny... Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. Charles Spurgeon was talking about a Presbyterian minister at the time. I can't remember his name. George Herbert. There he yeah. is. He was talking about George Herbert. And he's like, you know what? I don't like what George believes. I'm going to paraphrase here. I don't like what he believes. don't like it at all. But you know what? If I had as many friends as George Herbert does, and they all love Christ like George Herbert does, to the degree that he does, we're good. Yep. Basically is what he said. He's like, you know, I don't believe what he has to say on height because he hate, just you didn't know, Charles Spurgeon hated high church. Mm-hmm. Hated it. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon. Char- Charles Spurgeon and I would not get along. But, <laughs> but he was like, you know, George Herbert and I, we disagree on that. But we can find unity in Christ and the Christian mereness of Christianity. Yeah. And if, if they can do it, I mean, man, we can. Yeah, absolutely. So essential and mm-hmm. I think so easily lost. Yeah today, especially in this soundbite, clickbait, outrage culture that's so... Yeah, and there, just... there seems to be an inversion to denominations I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like that. Yeah. I, <laughs> no. like, well, tell us more about that, Justin. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, I don't like that. You know, you, like, I'd rather you pick one. Mm-hmm. Pick one. You know, pick a denomination, man. Not in the sense of like, I'm, I'm not trying to hit on non-denominational churches. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because right. non-denominational has become... It's a denomination. A denomination. Yeah. Like it has. I mean, it's got its own Period. set of right. liturgies, beliefs. Yep. Absolutely. All that stuff. And, so, and, and that's why yeah. I, I want to make that clear. Yeah. I wasn't trying to like harp on you guys. <laughs> Have a denomination. Yeah. Right. Believe what you believe. Do it for good reason, because if you don't, you're going to be really shocked later down the line. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. From experience. Yes. <laughs> um, so believe what you believe and why you believe it and know why so you can talk about it. And I think a lot of that comes from like, we're just not taught to think as much anymore. Yeah. We're, we're fixing that slowly. Yes. We're seeing changes in that, like, you know, people being taught formal logic and philosophical mm-hmm. categories and stuff so they can make distinctions. Yeah. But um, America needs to learn this, especially the American church, because there's nothing worse than you're witnessing to a person who's just right on the line. And I know I'm not the fourth person in the Trinity. I'm not going to convert them. If the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will change his or her heart. But there's nothing worse than you like, say I'm working with a Pentecostal, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say this Pentecostal is like obsessed with speaking with tongues, right? Well, there's nothing worse than you saying, well, did you speak in tongues? Well, you're not a Christian. I'm like, dude, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like this is mereness here. We're trying yeah. to get him the whole way. Yeah. And then people look at that and they're like, yeah, oh, well. I'm walking away. And that's a great disservice to not only ourselves and the church, but Christ. Yeah. That's a big deal. So keep it mere. That allows us to work together. Yes. Crazy mm-hmm. ecumenical <laughs> agreements. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be a bad word. <laughs> right. And it's and you know what, dude? It doesn't have to be a lonely battle. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's hard. Yeah. There are intellectuals everywhere. There are intellectual Baptists that surpass me in every single way, theologically and philosophically. Yeah. And they're laymen just like me. Yeah. And I, I love them. I cherish them. I follow them. I read their stuff because it's amazing. Yeah. And I know I have an ally. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. If R.C. Sproul can be friends with John MacArthur, you got a covenant versus a dispensationalist. Yeah. Anyone can, can do, do it. it. You yeah. can do it. You can do it. Absolutely. And that's our hope here, especially after a discussion like this, is that you would begin to think through these. You know, maybe our listeners are, are thinking through that already, but if it hasn't been on your radar, think through these things. Mm-hmm. You know, like Justin was saying, know, know why you believe what you believe and get back to uh, when it comes to moments like what you're talking about, get back to the mereness. Yeah. Have and the then, distinctive questions later. Like, yeah. you know, there's a guy that he's my best friend now. You know, one of my best friends and I witnessed to him when he was doing my gardening and uh, he, he now goes to church with me full time. Yeah. 
Awesome. We, we, yeah, it's like two years in the running, you know, um, and uh, he actually lived with us for a little bit till I get him up on, on his feet, you know, <laughs> and we disagree on so much. Yeah. But like, you know, when we have those conversations, when they're not a plant, don't crush them yeah. when they're sprouting out of the ground. Yeah. Get, let them get some bark on their <laughs> skin yeah, first, not man. To, yeah, don't don't be overloading them with uh, right. yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the distinctives right out the gate. That'd right out the gate, discouraging. yeah. I've seen that happen a number of times. Very zealous people. I've who, done it myself. And it's very, uh, and you know, I the same. I've been guilty of that. Like yeah. we all, you know, we get excited about stuff yeah. and. Yeah. We, uh, we lose sight. Right. We yeah. Lose sight of absolutely. You know? And we th- we know we're so right. Like, people who know what they believe and why they believe it, I'll use you as an example. You're not dumb. You're intelligent. You know why you believe what you believe. You're trained. You're well-read. I am going to have good Christian charity, also commanded by God. <laughs> yeah. Good Christian charity and assuming that you're not an idiot. Crazy. Blessings. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, maybe he's right on some things. Oh, man. Yeah. And then you talk and you learn and that's mm-hmm. how, that is the unity of the church, people. The unity of the church doesn't mean don't disagree on anything. Right. No, that's a lie. Straight yeah. from the pit of hell. Yeah. Disagree, have distinctions. They're necessary and healthy. Yeah. Unity in the church is unity in Christ. Rest yeah. in Christ and the gospel. And if you can do that and put aside your distinctions, the world will only be better. Truly, truly it will. And actually, as we close out, that puts me in mind of another Anglican, N.T. Wright. Oh, N.T. Uh, Wright. Good, yeah. good stuff on the resurrection. Amazing. Yes. yes. And go probably, there for economics. I was going to say, yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> He wrote the book, I think, on the resurrection. I have read it. It's amazing. Yeah, he's a very well-known, he's a theologian, scholarly type. Actually, I got to meet him. Um, oh my god! Back in April, got dinner with him. Um, I'll have to tell you the story so after jealous. we're done. We're done recording. But someone asked him a question about unity, right? And they're like, "We seem so disunified, you know." And he's all in his British brogue, and he's like, "Well, you know, you have to distinguish between unity and holiness, and the pursuit of both. And you can't have unity without holiness, and you can't have holiness without unity. Mm-hmm. And when you start going just one or the other, you end up sacrificing something." Bad and things. What he was getting at was the Apostle Paul mm-hmm. spent so much of his ministry and his writings trying to get people into unity and holiness mm-hmm. in Christ. Yeah. And I think that's what we're going for here. Yeah, know? no, I, I agree. N.T. Wright's a super good example. <laughs> yeah, I, <disagree laughs> yeah, I was going like to say. 50% of what he yeah, says. Yeah. But the rest, I'm like, you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. Yeah, good stuff. Well, hey, Justin, thank you so much oh, for pleasure. joining us again for uh, this conversation. And um, I'm sure we'll have you back on again yeah. in, the, in the future well, to, so. to uh, wax eloquent on something else here. <laughs> um, you know. So, hey, if you guys have any questions or the next time Justin's back on the podcast, you have anything in particular you'd like to ask him or anything, sure. you can send it to podcast at horizonschurch.net or interact with us on social media. I know Justin, he's, he's, he's got a pretty active and not just meme presence. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, anything that he shares will be fairly substantive and at least give you something to engage with. Sure. So yeah, that covers it for us there. So as always, thank you for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.